Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, in my little black boxes, I've got Ryan. I feel I feel like we've done this before. I know, it does. A few times. I don't know. Weird. And Scott. We've always been here. We'll always be here. Time, flat circle, etc. Russ. Russ. I was so happy to see Matt in person when I dropped those masks off at his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and for the protest, and I dropped a bunch of like, uh, you know, I 3D printed a bunch of uh, N95 masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like I saw Matt in person. And I was just like, <laughs> Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we risked some social contact two weeks ago. Um, and it was great. Yep. It's good. I, I look forward to the day, my friends. Look forward to the day. I actually had that thought the other day. I was like, man, when this is over with and we have our, like, we have our um, uh, uh, vaccines, ooh, we are going to throw the craziest party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. hug everybody. I'm going to hug everybody. Everyone's going to get buggins. We're going to get, we're going to have a, uh, I want, I want steaks with my friends. Oh, I will happily cook you some steaks. Happily. Chef kissed. Steaks. Get some fucking wagyu steaks and just fucking. Uh, that's yeah. uh, made steaks for the fourth, just yeah. recently uh, for Linda, and they came out perfect. But regardless, we're not here to talk about steaks. We're here to talk about RPGs. How's you guys gaming been? Uh, well, I played Steak the RPG. Ah <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh, don't 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 do this to me, <laughs> Don't. Don't play ribeye class. Ribeye that- class. No. Um, that, that has are the, you that has the best marbling stat? Come on. Yeah, it does. And and are you uh, your age progression is rare? Yeah. No. Medium. No, no, medium. Heat, well. Well. Heat, uh, <laughs> I've got you know. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the 120 degree dry aged, uh, and then uh, I'm gonna when I get another level, I'm gonna attack on sous vide. Sous vide. Oh, got man. it. Yeah. Got it. You are. That is that is a hard build. Yeah. Well, you know, the eyes on the prize is Wagyu. So everyone wants the Wagyu. You know, but you got to really get your mechanical uh, things all, all in alignment. Get some choice rolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that uh, was it. Uh, that 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 grilling table is no joke. Anyway, uh, uh, gaming's been fine. Uh, D&D, mostly, because uh, my vampire game's on hiatus, and uh, the, the mini vampire game is, is getting set up. And that, that, that nice little anticipation yeah, moment. anticipation of- moment. Um, I have to say I'm incredibly proud of myself uh, for a scene that won't be public for a very long time. Uh, it involves teeth. Uh, and you know, eating of teeth. Oh, yeah, it, it was a whole Uh-oh. thing. Yeah, I know it was great. I, I mean, Matthew, Matthew could talk about oh, okay, okay, not related to the new thing, but the thing that has happened previously. Yeah, got it. It's 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 not as gross as it, it he's making it out to be, but it's still pretty bad. <laughs> it's still pretty bad. It's one of those things where just like you find the perfect comedic moment to like really drill down on a on a on a bit. And man, did we just go for a hook, line, line, and sinker? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I might just make a clip of it as as a preview because like it's hard to keep that lightning in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Simmer down. It'll be okay. Be okay. All right, Ryan, how's your game been? Well, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and that's cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I ran some Star Wars for you knuckleheads, and mm-hmm. now you guys seem to you guys had a bit of a rough one, and that's okay. Yeah. I did not scale that encounter, so I just picked, kind of picked, picked the number, and I mean. There was mechanically ways where you could have gotten through that with that. Like, hey, it's all dice rolls, my man. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Well, the the issue is all the bad guys went before us. They rolled a well, really, that, they rolled a stupidly good initiative. Like, and, and I've never this, rolled and, that high an initiative before. And everyone for the Star Wars system and the uh, Genesis system, initiative is really important. If you can go first and you can sort of like bore down like one dude at a time, it it gets really tough. Unfortunately we were on the receiving end of that because we were mm-hmm. one thing versus their six things. She wanted you down there. Yeah, she really did. She really did. And I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Had you guys survived those, the orbital cannon would have taken at least a crack at you. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, we were going down to that planet one way. Or another. Yeah. I just, we all knew it. it was nice. It was dramatic. It was fun. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was nice. Nice little, uh, also it's like, Oh no, it's not, you're going to a, like, a place where there's obviously like a lot of ship tech and stuff like that. You're not, there's no way you're going to be able to repair your ship. Oh, no, no, no. We know, we know you're not ultimately maliciously going to fuck us. It's fine. We understand. We're players. We're just like, ah, this hurts. Oh, for once we were on the bad guys receiving end of having, having the, having too many things swarm us. We just want one moment. We got whomped, you know, we got whomped. Yeah, whomped. It was a thing that happened. It's fine. Also, uh, Star Wars gives no like guidelines on how to scale space combat encounters. Oh, I would, uh, don't doubt it. That, so that's going to be. There's a lot of moving parts. I probably could have figured out something was going to go badly had I run that encounter by myself uh-huh. and like just done the rolls against them. But it's like, how many Tie Fighters? No, no, it's okay. No, you know what? We're allowed. We're you're allowed to beat the shit out of us. That's okay. We don't feel bad. It makes oh, I know. The moment. I know. I just I do. I I felt a little bad. Okay, I felt a little bad around like. No, it's like, okay, Ryan. It it was nowhere near as bad as the fight that we went through in in Mass D and D game last night. My that the finger is still up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking. Uh, hate that orb <laughs> like i love it but i hate it like i hate so so what i get to go into my gaming because i'm running descent into avernus and let's just say we're a little off script now we've been off script for a while because the, you know pcs make choices and books don't account for that and we're cle- and we're, we're we're all pretty clever like yeah, yeah you're clever you're having fun with it and they got them i i absolutely adored because it's in the book it's actually the orb uh, they got their hands on the orb of the dragon of Dragonkind, which yep. is horrendously powerful. And I got uh, it. I, I actually made the save by one. You made the save mm-hmm. by, by, by one, but it's, it's, still the, it's still the orb of the Dragonkind, and I rolled some awesomely terrible the bad effects were for that. so bad. I have got people. I, have, I didn't pick those. I didn't, by the way, I didn't pick those. I rolled them. No, I saw you roll them. I saw you roll them. I prom. I understand. Well, I think the definite plan for that is use it for its intended purpose and then give it the fuck back. Absolutely. Like this is your yeet. problem. Oh, yeet it as f- into the sun. My 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 lovelies. I have vulnerability to all damage mm-hmm. and disadvantage on all con and strength based checks that are. So basically, if it is not an attack, I have disadvantage on it. Yep. He is, he, 
<laughs> really good that I'm the one that got it though, because yeah. it's like Scott had it. Oh, I'd be well. I'm 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 getting a little tired of getting whomped anyway. Well, you're getting right in the middle of combat, dude. Well, I'm a monk, dude. I know. Well, then patient defense, uh, as as Ryan will point out, patient defense, which lets you have uh, uh, to give yourself dodge action. I'm, I'm aware. That's why I had blur. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, there's and, lots of yep. ways to do it. I mean, but when you get when you get whomped, like just don't. You you're the only melee fighter. That isn't me. That's the problem. Like yeah. you're just the oh. melee guy, and mm-hmm. that's yeah. And the as, reason Ryan, it, reason it's good for Ryan to have the orb uh, for the audience is because he plays a uh, moon uh, circle of the moon druid, which means he has a infinite bucket of hit points, uh, that he can just keep absorbing all that excess damage. It helps. But even I was starting to grind through all that extra hit points. He, he got through because... most of Snack Two. Snack <laughs> Two. Snack Two. Uh, he got through Snake One, uh, pretty pretty handily. He almost got through Snake Two. I already had a Death Ward in place just in case, because mm-hmm. thank God mm-hmm. the Orb lets you cast Death Ward. So mm-hmm. had that happened, I mean, you know, I could have played it a little better, honestly. But you guys were fine. That was supposed to be a hard fight. I like. I wanted that to be a hard fight because I'm like, you guys mostly have been pretty deep. Been handling the, 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 big the fights problem pretty good. We have though is that Scott is literally when I'm not being, you know, because I'm a good sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when Scott and I stand next to each other, we work pretty well together. Yeah. But we're separated and. All of our other party people are uh, ranged. Uh, those things were it was it. Well, and they could uh, fucking teleport U- at U- will. Uzaloths, uh, they're pretty beefy, uh, neutral evil demons, demon fiend things, and they could tack and they could teleport in the same action. Brutal, absolutely. Which means fucking they have also. And I put them on terrain that was not just like a flat plain. It was broken up. There were islands. They had There's to lava. jump. There were there was things breaking line of sight. So they were teleporting in and out and around things to keep them, the PCs, guessing where they were. Also, they can turn themselves fucking invisible. They're, they're, that's why I only put two of them, and then I used one of them. I said, okay, one of them is able to summon, and I, and I put another, what's and I happened the, to... Uh, what's the CR on those bad boys? Like nine or something like that. Okay, well, we, yeah, okay, well, that explains why they fucking whomped us. We're only level eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you guys can handle PCs. In my opinion, CR is trash. Oh, CR is trash. It kind of works. Like, we barely scraped on that one. But yeah, but look at that Abolith that we had in Mad Mage. We fucking just annihilated that Abolith. It was, well, again, it was initiative and just strategy. Like, right. And in this case, it was, it wasn't just, well, they had power on the side. There were a lot more, there, you had them two to one, but they they had a lot more maneuverability and that's what what well, made they also it. had made a surprise round and mm-hmm. that was yeah, their ability to teleport is really what does it for them because yeah. like if they had to just do a stand up fight we would have just beaten the shit oh, out oh yeah you guys were you, cuz well, yeah. i turn into a snake i constrain them and they're done and they're just done they're die yeah yeah um, this is why I, I i put it in but that's how i've been gaming i've been dealing with this but in a, and i'll give the audience updates later because this next part that they want to do, because this is all PC, PC choice here, is all off book. Like the entire thing that you guys are probably going to end up doing, all off book. That's so cool. we're going to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm I've already been reading some books. Going to take a look at Rhyme of the Frost Maiden when it comes out. See if I mm-hmm. want to run that for people. Uh, some people. I, I I wouldn't be a polar bear druid. I'll totally do that. 
I'm going to be polar bear. Well, it's really okay. So you and I will have to have a talk about moon druids weaknesses <laughs> <laughs> then. And how for some reason, like there's five things you can turn into forever. And you, yeah. and unless you let me actually like level up those, those CR beasts, it's kind of garbage sometimes. Yep. Rhyme is uh, one to 12, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually, I would like for them to produce more um, adventures that didn't start at one, instead started at like three or five, and then went up to like, um, like 15 or something like that. It's one to 12. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I just knew it was because honestly, D&D is geared better is geared towards the lower levels anyway i just hate it's i just hate levels one through three i think they suck you should start at three i've been making this clear for five years <laughs> yeah it should really start at three and then go from there from there but there's a game that i need to find and watch uh it's called theogony of cryos uh it was run by b dave walters and he started the party off as level zero characters and uh, ran yeah. like a session with them, uh, and then gave them level twenty. Matt's dick can only get so hard. What? Yeah. On the level zero what? part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I have a I have a big affinity for low low level play, like super low level. Yeah, play. it's a good. I, I don't think Matt and I would have gotten along if he had been my three five GM because he would have been like, no, you have peasant levels. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just I like played, you're just I, a warrior. For a while, I played a noble. I played a, literally an NPC noble as my character. <laughs> But yeah, they basically, um, yeah, they, they, it was the, the, lo- the low level play was to get them used to the world, invested in their characters and, and like their, their normal lives. And then they were literally gifted the powers of God. And then they were exalted and things went crazy. Yeah. Essentially it was D and D exalted. Ooh, I got to watch that too. That's a lot I've of fun. I played uh, a couple, like a very, very long session of level 25 E. It works. It works. It's it takes a lot happens in eighteen seconds. I'll put it that <laughs> as I have found out, and that's the same for all epic level play. Like because I yeah. used to, I when three five days we ran epic level up into level thirty uh, using the epic level source book, monster, savage species, psionics. I could I could pop off like an eighteen hundred damage turn on something, and they just ate it, you yep. know, with a yep. right level psionics, but. Uh, I watched one one of the critical role, not the main crew. It was all the jockey fighter characters were together, and they were on they were in the Shadowfell, and they had to basically fight multiple like liches and like high end undead, and it was like level nineteen twenty play. So Oof. it was like, and they're all fighter types, so they're just like multiple. Everybody they have five attacks. Everyone attack. Everyone have rages. Everyone's got like silly stuff. The paladin is like smiting for over two hundred damage. It's kind of silly. Rad. Yeah. Indeed. I think it functions pretty well. I'm sure it functions pretty well. It, it's okay. It's just it's not the best balance. I had a Twitter thing about this the other day about like four E's design, mechanical design was better for all levels of play than five E is designed, but. Well, 4E is like a nice, very comfortable bed with lots and lots of straps on it to hold you down. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it made uh, fighter martial characters feel and more useful in like a dynamic way, similar to how mages and like casters feel, but they are narratively wrapped better to present them to people than the current 
like level because high end spellcasters are ridiculous in their utility and their versatility. Yeah, you were really, really hamstrung and for for you for the number of things any one person could actually do in a fight. Yes, and that that was actually the balancing factor was everyone was limited because yeah, everyone, everyone had fur days. Yeah, and fur days and. Let's stop waxing poetic and start getting into the news. Uh, one quick thing. All tyrants must fall. I don't. All yeah, tyrants must fall. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to first uh, shout out to some new patrons. I haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Hello, patrons. Welcome. Ellie and Ryan, thank you very much for being patrons and becoming patrons. I hope you're enjoying your digital goodies. But that's my name. <laughs> that's, that, that's not this Ryan. It's a different Ryan. Okay. Ryan, some other people can be also be called Ryan. We talked about this. I, I don't know about that. I'm a solipsist. This sucks. <laughs> it sucks. You know, that's just another version of me. Maybe it is just me. Maybe I became a patron. A <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, couple, couple of cool announcements. Uh, Wrath and Glory, uh, Cubicle 7, has announced, finally announced some like, future products, not just re- talking about the release of the main book. Uh, they have a couple of things. They have a, basically a player's guide. They have two adventures. Uh, one is one continuous adventure. Another one's like sort of like a couple adventures that are loosely tied together, but they don't necessarily have to fall one one another's. Um, there's a couple of the source books, like a technology source book, uh, oh, basically a setting book for the Gilead system, and then obviously a game master screen that's coming down the pipe. Uh, any other news from you guys? Nothing really. Uh, I don't think there's anything that's really come over the horizon in the past couple weeks nope, uh, that's, not, that's gathered my interest. They're still, they're still updating the Dishonored source book. Cool. I get, uh, I get relatively they they errata things in, so I like I get every version update of the yeah. Dishonored source book. Uh, Pretty cool. So the advantage of going PDF is that whenever there's a big errata, they can just go back and plug it into the. Uh, into the upload it and then you get the new version. I uh, I I briefly read a, a review of that that said that it was pretty pretty badass as far as representing the world and the, mach- the machinery looked good looked like it made sense pretty easy to pick up. I would just that would definitely be a world I'd like to play around in because there's that aesthetic that that it's gritty so aesthetic good. yeah it's so just, good it looks good um, feels good scary yeah. bad you know. Good stuff. Scary, bad, but also slightly heroic in that sort of uh, scum and villainy sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, even even your even your good guys are bad guys. Yep. Yeah, and I like those. I like those types of choices. Uh, in other news, uh, actually, literally an hour before they announced officially announced uh, that the D and D Beyond character app is out to the public. Yep. You can I, go and get it. I now. have downloaded it and I have started to poke around in it. It is not roll dice yet. It that is the, dice. that is the only thing it doesn't do right now. But I'm pretty sure that's the next, their next big update is for it to roll dice. And once that is, you don't need a. You can just use your phone. You have your character sheet. You don't need to really print out stuff because it's going to be pretty easy to keep track of everything. Um, oh, like and, and, um, beyond. Another announcement slash news. Dragon Con 2020 is officially canceled as of today. Oh man, it's almost like they needed to be exactly two months from the date in order to <laughs> not worry about insurance reasons. Yeah, I wonder they had to they had to invoke the the law of force or the clause of force majeure, which is what it's called, um, which is basically the act an act of God. Um, yeah, don't you love it that we have a system that forces people to lie and like misrep- misrepresent themselves in order to? Yeah, it sucks. I know so many people on the back end who are like, 
I've known for a while, but I couldn't tell anyone. And we are, we are, me and Scott are dealing with a very similar situation with another very important event to us, having to keep calm and carry on and everyone putting on a very happy face. Mm Yeah. And when we goddamn know that five days from now, exactly, we will likely be getting the the notification. I've had fun. Um, Yeah, no. The one advantage is they have said automatically if you're already registered for DragonCon 2020, you're automatically registered and carried over for DragonCon 2021, and you're going to be receiving like a little gift because thank you for not asking for a refund. That's nice. Uh, The night in question is going to be having a meeting apparently today according to their uh, announcements channel about just state of things, um, what to do if they they choose to go forward and actually run the game, which I at this juncture don't see how they could safely do considering Texas is literally on fire. uh, but you know, what will they do if they run run the game and people are just like, "This isn't safe," <laughs> yep. and just don't show up? Like, even well, we're gonna run it and just yeah, like night, like ninety percent of your people don't show up. I ain't getting on an airplane. You yeah. me? Uh, With all the airlines being like, "No, we're not gonna do any," you know, we're not gonna have any middle seat things. It's like it's already nope. You're getting packed in there like fucking sardines. We have a. We have a responsibility to our shareholders, otherwise known as the corporate Nuremberg defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but DragonCon is going virtual this year. They are going to, yes. they're planning on doing virtual convention stuff, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And, you know, hey, if I'm not going to the night in question literally the next week, then I yeah. might participate can, in some hey, Matt, if you need us on a panel or something, I guess we can. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hitting up the, all this week and next week I'll be hitting up the discords and making, and I'm sure the uh, mid- digital media traction will try to be pushing full tilt because this is what we're built for is to doing stuff online. We can do session zero. Yeah. I, um, I'll, I'll look and see what else I'm on. And, and if I need more people, I'll, I'll pull you guys in. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, oh, speaking of that, I did get it. I get actually a week, a week ago, I got, made uh, attending professional for DragonCon 2020, Congrats. so I'm hoping that carries over for 2021. So I should be at DragonCon. I'm, I'm sure it will. Yeah, I don't doubt. 2020 is canceled, y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, just, there's, no, double no, crit. there's no fun. There's no fun to be had. Yep. Double crit. We been, hey, we could have been out of this by now, but freedom. But freedom. But freedom. Hey, if you would like to know more about polyhedron politics, head out just a buck a month will get you patron content. If it wasn't blazingly obvious by my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you are, uh, you know, if, if you have any fond feelings for our current administration, you probably don't want to. Or do. I mean, we might teach I mean, you. hey, yeah, no, we'll fight. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll give you one round of calm, cool, collected discourse, and then I'll be pretty merciless. In other news, uh, the innies are out uh, on, uh, on what's that? What's in, that? EN World uh, innies are basically RPG Oscars. Basically, that's it, because it's produced by the ENWorld.org. Um, they're big RPG stuff. That's where actually I get a lot of news for RPG stuff. Um, uh, they've got great guys over there, and basically, it's their best breakdown of like best electronic book, best family product, best book, like best art best cover all the all the oscar type things you would think of but for rpg books cool uh yeah there's i mean it's like them gen con are kind of the two big like awards yep Yep. for rpg stuff um they do have a section well best podcast we're Uh, not on it oh that's probably fair (laughs) (laughs) As, as, as ryan just pulls out a pin and just 
pops that balloon head. I don't know who the fuck you think you're listening. <laughs> like, what, what do you think this is? Third rate podcast. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's bulk in the news. If you want to go vote, go to ianworld.org. You will find links to that, uh, and I'll put a link in the show now if you're interested in voting on uh, the all of the various categories. Yeah. They all look really good. Um, but that's it. Any other news from you guys? Oh, uh, just Jeremy Crawford getting spicy on on Twitter about alignments. Ugh, I, oh, I wanted to avoid this. Nope. Uh, He's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. the 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 books don't tell you you have to. No. Yep. So everyone, there's a there's a very big push in the the RPG industry, specifically focused on Wizard of the Coast and D and D right now concerning certain practices they've had, some allegations that have come up against them about their work ethic and sort of the sort of the root sort of source material of Dungeons and Dragons. And there's a very big push to try to decolonize D&D, which we have talked about before. We're cool with that. We are fine with that. It's just, there's a lot of back and forth going on in the Twitter sphere right now. The Vistani had to go. We all know that. Like, yeah, no one was like, looking at the Vistani being like, eh, this is a pretty level-headed thing. <laughs> like, no one was saying that. I'm just saying orcs aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say the thing that, that sort of, like, that's all well and good. The, the things that concern me are the, the more recent, uh, like, uh, accounts of, like, how, how minorities are being treated in the company. There. Now that is something I do not like. See, when real people with real problems and real repression is happening, that's a that's a problem, and I will burn the motherfucker to the ground and boycott them if it if it if enough bad allegations come to light. And there, but, and it's that's on top of the whole Mike Merles thing that that everyone's been calling for Mike Merles, but he's they've been extremely hesitant to do anything directly and publicly about him. So, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden may be the last book of theirs I ever buy. If yeah, they don't straighten up and fly right. It's not even about this. Isn't about politics. This is about being good, a good human. Um, yeah. So that sucks. Well, and then that even extends into this has all sparked a larger conversation in the the tabletop RPGs Twitter sphere of the industry as a whole. I've been going back and forth and talking to other people concerning it. There's a really good person. I'm going to put a, a link in, to his Twitter. Um, and his blog about it, his name's Owen Stevens. He's a really cool guy. He's been in the industry for 23 years and he's extremely brave about publicly just going, this is what the gaming industry is like, like the tabletop RPG industry. And these are the conditions that freelancers and the books and games you love, this is what we're dealing with. Which I'm actually glad that somebody's putting a spotlight on it because it has been an issue for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I could have always known in the back of my mind that, like, oh, you said the word freelance. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, now that I think it's like, oh, they're, well, those are contractors, so I know what that means. Yeah. I've been, um, one, of, I've been one of those. As of high. Yeah. I know what this means. But it, it's, I, go ahead. So, all for calling, like, speaking truth to power, you know, all for removing like horrible, harmful racial stereotypes from games, not for completely rewriting something because it looks like a thing that you thought it was or something else. 
they're spiders. They're spider people. Drow are spider people. They're not black people. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of like the like color theory and like the roots of like using color and the definition of what colors mean to people, especially in a Western sense, and then all this other stuff. Though I I do advocate that uh, Drow have Australian accents. Oh, sure. right. Because they're from down under. Under. Down under, yeah. <laughs> they're from down under. Under dark. Down under dark. Also, any talk of like, uh, the one that, the, okay, the one that like turned my blood to, to fire was like, well, are they going to, you know, they, they were talking about uh, some of the changes they were making to the Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, it's like, but they kept the thing where that co- where that colony is fine with slavery. It's like, yeah, because slavery is real and people do it now. You can't just erase something that makes you sad. <laughs> I mean, and it's 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 one of many things that can be like, you see, those are bad people. If those no, are not okay. good people, if there are no bastards or eat or like evil people in your RPG product, who do you strive against? <laughs> Yeah, everyone is perfectly morally acceptable until they become a lich. There's no gradient. There's no. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's you know everyone. Every drow is just a product of their environment, and that's mostly true. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we, I've said this before. I want to see more diverse like locale and cultures for all of the races. Sure, because I absolutely. think that's a lot of room for writers to do really interesting things that we've never seen before. It's. I just hate the idea of like throwing out like just the classic setup just for simplicity's sake. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. In the next iterations, like they did a great job in Eberron of just, I know we are kind of jumping back and forth here and I'm sorry about that audience. It's all interrelated though. But it's all interrelated. It obviously is. this is, I, I can, you know, go absolutely bug fuck nuts about, you know, mistreatment of workers, actual racism, actual, you know, sexism, all that shit. I can't, I'm beginning to lose my tolerance for it with implied racism and implied sexism in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just getting a little, like, there is real enough issues for like miles and miles of it. And, and also, and, and I'm all for like the product to being as open and inclusive as possible, but ultimately at the end of the day, every GM, every DM is, it's their game. It's their table. Well, and if it's not being streamed to the public and it's not for public consumption, they can do whatever they want. I would love to meet the person that can, has the, a real person who has disengaged from table, who is like, I'm not going to play Dungeons and Dragons because orcs and drow. Like, that's like, I'm not, I don't know if that person's real. Like, that's the problem. I, it just doesn't seem. That doesn't seem like a real, and if that's real, great. I understand. That's cool. I just like to know, you know, (laughs) know. they don't, they don't, I understand. And I empathize, sympathize really, because it's like, I don't want what is potentially been rooted in classic Western uh, racism and uh, stereotyping to be a part of the game. And and support a game that allows those those portrayals to continue. Yeah, because you know what I, I think I think the world is ready for us to move on and just go to like you know more like classic Eastern racism. <laughs> oh no, no, they already had that. It's called oh, okay. Rogue Oh all yeah. Thing. No, no, no. Oh. I'm, I'm not talking about the West's like lo, like the West view of uh, of of the East. More like you know like baked in like an Eastern perspective 
on uh, west on the west uh, no not on the west of themselves uh yeah uh i mean uh, you know i'm I'm, I'm, know. I'm i'm not trying to be controversial here but look at look at history uh there's a lot of racism on the other side of the planet and yes. it has it has very little to do with what we've got bendy going on over here hey there was a point where like the fucking the fucking slavic countries and the the freaking uh nordic countries Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers just hate each other, cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like look, look at look at the 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 history of the relationship between China and Japan. Just just look into it. Yeah, it's not it, great. It's not great. Like so, do we throw it all? Do we throw at anything that was steeped in it that come that seeds from any of it? I don't know, but I do know that magic isn't real, and those things were made by an evil spider goddess. So, like, unlike human beings on the planet Earth, those were made by an evil spider goddess who tell them to enslave people. And if they don't do it, she'll start clean. So, I, <laughs> and, I don't know what to and, say. And actually, I'm not against that a concept as a narrative, just that there should be also options for non, you know, BDSM right. drow you're right around they're called uh they're called literally anytime you say i want to play a draw that's not <laughs> yeah. and your gm's like okay how much racism are you comfortable with topside and you're like a little bit because come on but mostly not too much and your gm's like okay cool there won't be too much like every once in a while i'll poke, I'll poke at you occasionally Every once in a while, some dumb hick will will will, will be a shithead to you. But you know, it's like dr five thousand, whatever the fuck it is in Forgotten Realms. We're over it by now. Drist has been around for a hundred plus years. Yeah, was it a uh, back in a D and D game I ran? Since we're we're since we're spitballing about this topic now, uh, I played. One person was playing a goblin in the group. Getting up. We we've spoken getting about up. getting up. Before. Getting up. Uh, and. I poked at him, not mercilessly, but fairly often, but I use douchebags NPCs. Like, NPCs are like, this is not a good guy. There's a way I could... Just... And we stuck up for him. You know, we're just but, like, nah, he's our yeah, poor yeah, guy. Exactly. Yeah, and they would, and they would, the PCs would actively fuck over the douchebags that were being racist towards the goblin. That was a part of it, because goblins are the most, one of the most notoriously shit upon races ever. Well, and not, it's really not their fault. Not, not to go too heavily into spoilers, but goblin racism played into the teeth scene that I talked about at the top of the show. Yes, it did. Yeah, you're right. I, it's so good. I, I'm, yep. I'm really proud of myself. And as a Jewish man, let me tell you something. <laughs> about I want to know who did a disservice to goblins. Her name's J.K. Fucking Rowling. Okay. All right. Oof. Oof. I'll leave it. Lindsay Ellis just put out her uh, another I know. Yeah, hot take. I well, I actually. That. I know for a fact that she recorded that literally today because on Twitter this morning, she was like, why did I have that much espresso? <laughs> and she <laughs> talked about it and her hands were actually shaking. So, yep. but yep. Yeah, death of the author. So on and so forth. Stop yeah, buying yeah. your fucking books and movies. So it, it, we are going to see in the next few weeks and months and probably years, what wizard of the coast, if it can try to reform and be better than it has been. I hope it does because if it can be made better, that means the rest of the the industry will follow suit. A lot of the industry is trying to do better, regardless, but they're much smaller. They have a smaller imprint and impact into the overall industry. I and am. I, I am. For, I continue to be far more interested in how they treat their people. Yes. Than bingo. how they handle fantasy 
nonsense Race, races yeah. and whatnot. And, and yeah. that's and that's actually what i mean when i said that i hope they're doing to do better because but i think they need to do better so I'll, I'll end it by saying this i know i'm coming across as kind of a like a, a hardline fuddy-duddy here but i also you know fuck the police so but <laughs> that said uh i'm more concerned about the real world than the fantasy i'm not trying to concern police anyone here you can actually care about both and i and i know that um and if you have real people in your life who have been turned off by these specific examples that I'm specifically giving, I'm more than happy to listen and hear their concerns and about where that comes from. Cause I genuinely want to know. It just seems so like bright was so bad. I get it. Like I saw bright. We all saw bright. <laughs> yeah. We watched bright. It ain't bright. The world building was great. Everything else was less. So <laughs> I'm just saying, Everything that D and D has ever done with orcs ain't bright. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm always interested to hear like the perspective if it's an actual thought out perspective. Now I get it; it's emotions. Part of this is emotions. Can't deal with that. But eh, you know, if it actually makes you feel shitty and awful to look at it, I'd, I'd be interested to hear that. Yeah, and, and obviously anyone who's like not not down with Wizards of Coast and D&D, there are plenty of other uh, games and, and companies out there that are producing very fine entertainment for anyone that wants to get away from that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have been, lot of people have been like, oh, I'm not going to do Wizards of Coast D&D anymore. What are, what, are, what are some suggestions? What are some alternatives? Anything They're, Onyx Path is doing right now, pretty much, because they... Seem- well, more like in the fantasy. Legend Lore is like the closest thing you, they have if you want like a direct analog. Right. Like, like you're looking TV. for like literally sword and sorcery. Yeah. Gaming. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. It's true. They do kind of have the, like, that's their wedge that they kind of. Yeah. That's the license yeah. that they have that they can do that fits that fantasy wedge. But there's a lot of other games out there. A lot of them. Uh, look them up. They're good games. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like Genesis has their own. They obviously it's a generic system, but they also have a fantasy uh, setting themselves. That's the um, system's so. good. Yeah. Or you play D and D and just play Eberron. Or play Eberron. I'm having a lovely yeah. time in Eberron. I have no fucking idea what's going on, but because boy, oh boy, does my does Andrew know Eberron super duper well, and I do not. <laughs> um, Actually, I envy your position, Ryan, because since you don't know much, and you're going into every session going, what am I going to learn? What's I can be super. Thing? I get to be super surprised because I got to. I only learned about like what or, how orcs are in that world like last session, and I was like. Okay, I like that. That's well, how are they? I actually, I would like to know. They're the original druids. Like they're oh, yeah, uh, cool, badass. They're the OG yeah. druids. They're you know they're very in tune. They're blessed by like the. I'm I'm oversimplifying, but they have a lot of like interesting cultures surrounded in druid druidism. They cool. were the originals. Oh. Yeah, case. actually, I always wanted to play a druid half orc. Like that was going to be a thing because they always seemed like they would fit really well in the barbarian, the druid slash barbarian. And, nature I think, and I don't thing. think they have any of that ugh, ugh stuff yeah, yeah. going on with them. They're very, you know, I don't think any of the races, like, at a baseline have the feral evil at its core, you know, evil culture from the get-go sort of thing. Because, again, all of these things, like these horrifyingly evil cultures that you have in, like, say, Forgotten Realms, come from the fact that these beings were shat out by evil gods, Right. You know, like Groomsh one eye, not a nice guy. Well, not a great gal. Uh the entire orc pantheon, because I did a lot of research on this, not a single one of them is even neutral, let alone good. 
all yeah. of them are like inherently evil. And I'm sure you could draw some parallels. I'm sure if you wanted to like find the source of what they were trying to come up with when they came up with those pantheons, goes back to this, this, and like, guys, it's just at this point, it's a fantasy of a fantasy. Like, hmm. is you know, if you're if you're angry about a fiction of a fiction, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I uh, I don't know uh, how grounded in like actual D&D lore it was but um there was a someone did something in Fantasy High uh about so you got so you got the fiends and you've got the celestials right yes but you also have like beings that are set against those those particular be like opposite pantheons like Tiamat is an evil god Yes, but she is opposed by like, like, like. There's also uh, Bahamut. Bahamut is yeah. usually the, the the antithesis. Yeah, exactly. So, but it, it, the 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 axes are not always fiend to celestial. There's different types of oppositions, and yeah. someone made something. I don't know if he made it up or if it's rooted in D and D lore, uh, but basically, like the celestials that are opposed to. It's either the celestials or the fiends that are opposed to uh, the orc god, uh, and like essentially they're like they're like good succubi, like they 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 tempt you, they fuck you into being a good person. That's definitely somebody's original th- thought process. That, that's, 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 that's original not... concept. Do not steal, but I do like it. Yeah, no, yeah, it yeah, really, yeah. And that's well, the thing. It, it was really cool in Fantasy High. Like they, it's they pretty malleable. Like, yeah, like, it's yeah. It's, that that actually reminds me of a nominee. That, yeah, kinda, that's, yeah. a, that's a concept in Anominate where the Lilin, which are like the classic Succubi, Incubi mm-hmm. concept, but if they get redeemed, mm-hmm. there's no natural counterpart, so they become their, their own new thing, which they become like these bright Lilin. like bright Lilin, which are like these givers and these like compassionate, generous people trying to make people better by helping them out directly. Yeah, helping them out and like n- n- nicely manipulating them. But yeah, it was, right. it was an interesting concept. It was, uh, it was in the season two of Fantasy High where they run into this person who runs basically like uh, a, a super fun pirate whorehouse. It almost found like a therapy center. Yeah, basically. Like it's, it's, like a- it's therapy through vice. Lovely. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. I'm, d- hmm. I'm down with that. That sounds good. Sign me the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, this wasn't supposed to take most of the episode of us talking about this, but it did, and that's fine. Well, it's also, like it's I, all made up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also, I also put the caveat there to our audience that we are just three white dudes. Oh, what, oh, were, yeah. we are ta- just, what were we we're, ta- supposed to talk about today? <laughs> so, the topic of this evening is rewarding your players. And I say that very specifically uh, because this is some thinking I've had recently about because I've been running more than I usually do. And the idea of when do you reward people, the, the players. And when I be, and I do mean players, I don't mean just their characters. Like, when do you, like, how should you, when should you, and how much should you reward players when they do things that you feel deserve some reward? Well, I mean, I think uh, a lot of it de- a lot of it depends on the game that you're playing because some games have reward mechanics, mm-hmm. um, like you know, like just little like for example in D and D, inspiration. Yes, like you you like if you're using those rules, then you can hand out inspiration, and that can be super fun. The only downside of inspiration I've found is if you already have it, 
yeah. and you do something awesome, there's no way to be like, you get a double inspiration. I've done that occasionally. I've done that where I'm like, you have an extra phantom one that's just hanging around because I really like what you did or you did something special. I, I mean, I kind of would run it that way too, honestly, because it's like if you also run the system where you always start with it up, and you know, it's like yeah. someone does something right. It's like, oh man, you didn't wait until after you use your thing to be awesome, you dummy. Yep. That's not optimal. Also, uh, inspiration advantage from a mechanical standpoint is not a guarantee that you will succeed. That's people think will think of it like that, but it's actually not what because I've had people who like, oh, I'll do my inspiration. Well, that that's, was a double one. That's lower. Damn it. Yeah, Damn. one in four hundred chance of a double. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it happens. Uh, yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think like, and then there's um, how like Onyx Path, the Story Path system does it with like constellations and. Uh, they actually their their system for aspirations is very oh. tied into game action now. Because uh, recently I looked at their XP system because I used to think as oh I'll just it's a flat XP thing. Like, no, it's like every you if you get an aspiration done in a game like a short term you get an XP and if everyone gets at least one of their aspirations done in the session, everyone gets an XP. Yep. Yeah. And they're all player, they're all player focused stuff. They had something like that in mage, the, the set the other one, the awakening. Yeah. I personally do not like asymmetrical experience gain. I think I, I, I don't like it personally. So that kind of thing would not be very attractive to me. I, Uh, I would, I would use, I agree with Ryan. I think flat XP is good, but I would use it in a way that um, it, I would use it such that it only happens when everyone does it. So you're encouraged. Everyone is encouraged to help everybody else do their Build thing. Yep. Uh, yep. And if, if, if someone doesn't get it, then it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I well, remember, I, and I'd probably, I'd probably like get like I would probably modify it to something along the lines of, you guys get, you guys can get this as many of times as you get it, um, within a story, uh, but you only like it only kicks off when everybody gets theirs. So right. you can like if everyone pops off their aspirations within a couple of game sessions, and there's still a couple of game sessions left in the story then there's a chance that you can do that again. Right. Everyone can just keep rolling as long as everyone is encouraging. And, but and, it uh, does not happen unless everyone pops theirs off. And what's interesting about the aspiration system is that they're written in the book. It explains these are more player-focused mm-hmm. than character-focused. So don't think about it as if your character wants to do a thing. Think about the players. Like, what players, like, what would you like your character situation, would you like your character to be in? But, would you uh, like character to get smacked around for something bad he did okay that's an aspiration um but in terms of like rewarding your players in terms of like in-game stuff like a magic item or you know money or or what what have you whatever the 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 goodie is um i think that it's good to do that i mean uh especially if you are running a game that we're sort of like those sort of tangible rewards are a part of your character progression. Like mm. if, if loot is important, like having magic items, having big guns and Warhammer sort of thing. Like if that's a part of it, then you should be conscious of it. Um, yeah. It, it, it's the system. Unfortunately, like for example, uh, I'm like Scion, for example, it would be very, 
there's obviously always a bigger, crazier item you can you can kind of get in Scion, but like mm-hmm. a, re- a substantial reward in like even Scion, you know, hero is like what is that? That's might be a pretty big thing you got. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it all depends on the system of how. Uh, if we're speaking more about like tangible rewards, things that they're that will help the player through their character, we're talking like magic items and gear. Uh, gear and I, the system may encourage that. Like D and D helps that. Magic items are useful for that. But like things like cyan, which are bigger and larger in life, that may have a much bigger impact in the game, which is something you should also consider. Um, but something I want to point out uh, in the re- uh, sort of a rewarding players is when I say that uh, also about like. I actually believe like in a more of a flat XP ever end levels up at the same time situation. But what I like to do is then engage the players through their characters for things that that player likes. So let's say Ryan's character, like play Ryan likes to have combat in D and D, which assume that that means I'm going to put some combats that I know are going to challenge him, trick him up, make him engaged and get him get him having a little bit of a joygasm yeah actually running the combats so i feel uh, so another reason i felt kind of bad about the whole star wars thing is that like that was kind of supposed to be a nice thing for linda (laughs) (laughs) that was another thing that she was gonna get to do like do some cool ace fighter pilot that she was gonna get to do some piloting stuff yeah you just need to figure out other ways to put it in there yeah, sure wish they fucking had some encounter design. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want some help, I'm 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 always free. I know I can't, I'm in the game. I can't ask. I can't ask a player. Uh, well, then start making friends online. I'm I'm dude. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, I mean, my thought, like in terms of like, there's also like narrative rewards where you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know say the players have been on something for a while uh, or, you know, you've, you've set up a nice little game of jump through the hoops uh, and, you know, uh, cause you know, Hey, that, that's, that's fun and creative. Just continually defer, uh, defer what the players wants uh, before, as they keep going after thing, after thing, after thing. Um, I haven't done that at all. No, you haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm, to, I, I'm more uh, thinking back to LARP days when I'm Ooh, yeah. uh, chagrinning yeah. about that. Uh, and uh, and just feeling my liver explode with bile, uh, my, but but in terms balls, of re- they uh, clench. but in terms <laughs> of of rewarding the players, uh, say you have set up a nice game of jump hoop, uh, and then either they do something clever or you or just ha- through happenstance you give them a method by which to bypass one or more hoops mm-hmm. and, and get, get to the thing without having to do the slog. Um, that's a nice reward because it's, it's, it's kind of a narrative cheat because you're saying like, here, I've shown, this is the path, but then you find a, sh- you provide a shortcut for, mm-hmm. for one reason or another, that uh, could be a form it, of reward. Yes, absolutely. It can be, or it can be a form of challenge in that respect. It'd be like, Oh, here's the hoops to get it, but you can do this other thing. Mm-hmm. That may be a little morally questionable and ethically questionable, but you get it immediately. Or just consequential. Like it, yes, it might be consequential. it might be the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but it will get it will it will cause you problems in the future. Uh because mm-hmm. you know, some asshole t- decides to take an issue with it. 
another thing you can do in terms of rewarding the players uh, or not rewarding the players in specific that, that sort of kicked in my head is, let's say the players and the characters ha- know they have their due coming to them. Mm-hmm. Like they like they have they've bet they've 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 racked up all the good boy points. They have you know done all the good boy things, and they 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 are anticipating getting their good thing. Mm-hmm. Something you can do to be a bastard and make them hate your villain more is take is is snatch it at the last yep. minute. Yeah. Um. Now it's probably bad form to just totally snatch snatch it and like do away with it. But as as adding extra spice in the hey, you really hate this guy. Yep. Not only has he you know despoiled the plague lands for for a generation, now he has your goodie. Oh, and you not my go goodie. Get goodie. Yeah, I'm he, has your, he has your goodie that you very much earned and very much deserve. And, and and that's part of rewarding your players here because maybe one of your players who happens to be a self righteous crusader type character really wants to go after that bad guy but hasn't had an excuse. Mm-hmm. You just gave him an excuse, and now that player is going to be super jazzed to go beat the living piss out of that person. Yeah, never never underestimate like the the. You know the power of giving um, giving them a reason. Yeah. Yes. Making or or them say care. they're they're a they're a cynical out for themselves scoundrel and does they don't have a reason to go after the big bad. Yeah. Now you've given them, and that's what I mean. You is like stole my starship. That's mine. That's my that's fucking mine. ship that I, I have my. I have I my shit on it. it. Yeah, I, I purloined it. That's uh, my yeah. loin. What? Uh, and that that way, when they get it, it's all the sweeter. It's all the sweeter. The reward feels better because actually, actually another thing I should point out is rewards should feel earned it, from not just a character's perspective, but also a little bit from the player's perspective. They should feel like, oh, I've done my due diligence. I've done all the things that I I think I've done the best I can at. And the GM, the SD, whoever, the DM comes in and goes, yes, you have. Here's the thing you've worked very hard for. And they will feel very gen- they will be feel very grateful for it because they have they have done all the work. Another another thing I've been known from time to time, uh, on a purely out of play level, uh, is just like said like, it's your birthday or it's Christmas. <laughs> like, have, have a thing in have, have, a have, thing. have a thing that I literally just conjured out of imagination and put into this null space that doesn't really exist, but makes you happy. Even though it's totally non-real. <laughs> it cost me nothing, but you like it. It cost me nothing, but I get maximum joy. Out yeah, of it. Exactly. That's also another thing, everyone. That's why I'm actually not a hesitant. I'm less hesitant to give cool magic items and stuff out to my players and do weird stuff with them and their characters because it's all it's a game. It's you can do what you want with it. Um, so don't feel like there's like life on the line, serious consequences for it. Um, and if so it causes too much problems, you can take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a little trickier. So I be, do caution you on that because people don't like things being taken away. Well, just use that. You, you, you go like, that's another thing of like, yeah, take it away, but take it away by the bad guy or take it away as a result of the screw up. Yep. Um, and make it diegetic. Don't just, uh, yep. don't just don't, don't, don't reach in like the hand of a, of a fickle God Yeah. and pluck it. Have it be, yeah. have it, have it, 
serve the story and serve the game. And, and that's actually kind of why, and this has a little bit to do with rewards, but the reason the reason I was totally okay with, uh, with you guys getting the orb of the dragon kind is I was like, this is a really powerful item, but it's got a very specific purpose and it's got some drawbacks. It's got some it. serious drawbacks. Yeah, it's been a real it. pain and, in the ass, I'll tell you that. Yeah, was, yeah I, so I was I, like, I, I don't want it. This is a problem. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, it's okay. It's okay to give them something they don't want. And that's another thing. Give them something interesting by giving them something they don't want. <laughs> but that's more of like general game design and like, like just general story stuff rather than like specifically trying to reward your players. Um, because I always like back going back in the LARP stuff was if my character in a LARP was all about one thing and the ST's plot decided to put one scene in the weekend that was all about my thing. I was the happy, I walk home the happiest man alive. Like mm -hmm. I, I would think I would have like the best game. Everything else can be generic as crap, but if that one thing showed up and I was all about it, I felt very satisfied. Yep. So I definitely encourage that as like learning what each player enjoys through their character and then give them that thing in the game on a fairly routine basis, one way or another, so that they can get to be uh, in intrigued and entertained. Well, in terms of, uh, of LARP design and whatnot, I mean, personal plot is just like, it's combination yeah. reward slash matter of course. Yes. Like it, it, it is what you do to keep a player engaged and, you know, let them know that they are, they are a part of the overall story uh, and that the things that are important to them are important to, in a, in a lot of, well, in a broader the, sense. The there's a promise, especially with Boffer LARPs and LARPs in general is there's, since there's so many more players, the spotlight is spread out more. And by giving them personal plot, you're saying, okay, for just this little bit, the spotlight is more focused on you than anyone else right now that way we can give you a more tailored experience so that you aren't as, as scott said engaged with what's going on well and then you feel you feel special as it were a little special for that game because a little bit of something that it was all about your character has come up and i mean you can do that like these things can be small like they can be mm -hmm. um small and you can dole them out fairly regularly or you can do one big thing like every every other every couple of sessions uh, and it's it's just it's just tailor it you know another example of that is in, in Avernus we have Priscilla who's playing a halfling rogue I do very tiny things with her because she's one of these she she's a player that's more in, uh, just like wants to have fun with her friends and be there and I've been sprinkling little things for her character to that are unique to her and that seems to engage her with what's going on without having to like make everything all about her all at one time. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's good. It's good. It's a good thing to do. Uh, of course the flip side is then punishing your players, oh. uh, which uh, I, you know, I, I generally only do that when it's uh, uh, earned, <laughs> like much with reward. It's, be it's best when it's earned. And and make sure it's very much an in play thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, don't. Oh my god! Let somebody put it so succinctly on Twitter. It's like, don't don't try to solve out of play problems in play. Like, don't. That just stop. <laughs> but, I don't know. If someone's being particularly obnoxious. No, and, don't. And hasn't, don't. And hasn't listened to several warnings. Uh, but that means you got to talk to them out of play about it, not in play. There's a difference. 
if the player is being obnoxious and the player is not listening to you, that's that's an entirely different thing than their character not listening and not wanting to pay attention to the situation that their character is in. Um, yeah, another rewards. Obviously, we've already talked about XP, giving like narrative, giving about like magic items or special items. They're looking. Lore is also another really cool thing that a lot of us love. Mm-hmm. There are just some people who are like, just like Ryan's, like learning new things from Eberron. Yep. That's kind of cool. For me, that would be amazing because I'd be like, I have no idea what the setting's about. And you give me some information. And Scott did miss me in um, Aberrant because I oh, knew yeah. very little about the setting and you knew a lot. So when I started learning new things in game, it was like little fireworks going off in my head. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that setting. Yeah. Sorry, I switched between Ryan and Scott. Did you, Ryan, did you want to say something about Eberron? Oh, yeah. I'm playing a really smart character in that one. I'm actually playing, uh, for anyone who's been one of our patrons, I'm kind of doing a redo, kind of doing a redo of Tucker in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Super smart battle artificer type with a little uh, steel defender who's a capybara named Nib. Oh, he's a capybara? Yeah, he's Aww. a... Because you're a steel defender can be whatever. It doesn't really matter. He, yeah, has the, yeah. he has the highest kill count of the entire party. Because <laughs> oh, he does there's... force damage, and I always roll very well with him despite his shit attack bonus. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I play a really smart character. Like, I have, a, like a, I have 20 intelligence, because, Jesus Christ, if you're not an artificer with a 20 intelligence, what are you doing? <laughs> um, you use your magic... If you're wielding a magical weapon as a battlesmith, you use your int. You know, as you're attacking yeah, damage bonus. That's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's it's really optimized to be like, you are a smartman. And I have like 10 proficiencies with, in, in tools. It's crazy. Yep. But anyway, I'm super smart and super well-versed in a lot of stuff. So it's a really good opportunity for me to be just like, all right, Andrew, what do I know? Roll the dice. <laughs> and it's, it's nice for me. Because and, I, um, okay. Because then there are other people, like Murphy doesn't know anything. Adrian doesn't know anything. Uh, John knows some knows the setting pretty well, so he'll you know it, it's a good excuse for me to be able to be like, okay, I know no one knows what the fuck's going on here. Let me roll this d twenty, add add a good number to that, and we can just have a little info dump time. Yep, yep. Um, something I want to say: if you're having a hard time determining what kind of rewards you should give your players, uh, something to help you guide you, and this is just more classic story stuff and uh, gaming stuff is. Look at what type of character. Uh, D&D is easy because they have classes, but if you've got a f- person who's playing a fighter, guess what they're going to want to do? Fight. 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 If they're a wizard, what are they going to do? want to do? Cast spells and, like, learn things. No. No. Sorcerer. Well, bard, I'm going to seduce everything. Okay, we understand. We got it. That's just how that works. So definitely look at the character sheet of the characters, the types of characters they're playing and the powers they've taken. This will help you guide you a little bit more of like where you should push things, where you can drop things in to, to sprinkle and have some fun so that they stay engaged and are interested. <laughs> just do it. Just, just, yeah, just make it. sure you do it. That's really important. Actually. I know, you know, okay. You laugh, but I think we've all been there where it's just like, Hey man, can we just, did something good happen. <laughs> I, I, I know you really like the land of buttholes, but mm-hmm. but okay, maybe maybe something cool can come out of one of the buttholes. Yeah, I know. Just, maybe it's just, not always a tentacle. Yeah, yeah, I know. Or maw, or something else. That, maybe something good happens. That's really the most important like, thing. I'm I'm here for your adventure in the land of buttholes. I'm 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 bought in. But please be kind. 
Yeah, just <laughs> maybe, maybe something cool. All right. Um, with that, uh, I think we've 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 said some of our piece. It was a little rambly, but that's okay. We talked about actually two very important topics. Um, so keep those in mind. We'll probably bring those back up sometime in the future because you know 2020 is on fire. Um, Developments. <laughs> yeah, about that. So from everywhere here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Awesome dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. Do you want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.